Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. With me, as always, and ever as tired, is George Rogers. Oof. That's all I got to say. Just yeah, oof. oof. Uh, apologize for the, the 24-hour delay. George had to work a stupid schedule at his work this morning, so we postponed the recording to today. So um, just, it was, no, it was fine. So, yeah, it was day. so welcome to part 10 of the six, six, six weeks of horror. I can't believe we're almost done, man. Uh, we're on the back so, nine. Yeah. So the plan is, uh, you know, this is obviously, you know, you're going to, this is recording and being posted on Monday, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, you'll get Suspiria, which is our next one after this. And then you'll get part 12, which I'm not going to tell you what it is on Thursday. And then we're going to round out on Sunday with the final show, uh, which will probably record, uh, maybe Friday or Saturday. Sunday. <laughs> Sun, um, man, maybe, um, but here we are. We're doing uh, Poltergeist, the 1982, I believe it is. I have mm-hmm. I have the information. Classic uh, is a classic movie. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I would say it's an icon of the of the genre. Wouldn't you? Uh, I would agree to that. I mean, when it comes to, mm. I mean, when it comes to like actual ghost, uh, like movies or like haunted. I I, I guess you can probably even consider the sudden some sort of a haunted house type feature. I mean, yeah, it's sure. definitely, it's definitely up there. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean, I figure like that in Amityville when it comes to like haunted houses are usually kind of like one and one a, depending on your, uh, depending on your feeling that day. I mean, I think Poltergeist is better than Amityville. That's just my own personal um, opinion. You I, know, I haven't, haven't seen, seen Amityville in years. I also haven't years. seen Amityville. Yeah, yeah I'd have to it, rewatch it. It's been it. a minute since I've seen it. I know I didn't like the remake with Ryan Reynolds. He's a stick to what he's best at. Didn't even say yeah, didn't even say it. Um, you know, and you know, Poltergeist, I wouldn't say is 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 you know a phenomenal film. I think it's a very good movie, though. Um, you know, it takes a lot to be phenomenal in my books, you know, but um it, it's definitely a classic of the genre. And um, yeah, we uh we skipped it last year and we're here we are now. Uh we watched this on was it Saturday I was up visiting? Yes, sir. And we watched it on Saturday, and um yeah, it was it was good to watch it again. It's uh for for not being a Steven Spielberg directed movie, it's very Spielbergian in its production, though. I mean, he produced it yeah. and he wrote it, but yeah. you know, um, he might as well have just been behind the camera. Yeah, really. So, um, George, when was the first time you saw this? Did, was this a re- uh, not a recent one? But has this something been part of your ongoing horror, uh, you know, lifelong legacy? As we should yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I was probably a teenager when I saw it. I know it was one I saw early because I was like, yeah. "Hey, that's the guy from Coach." Yeah, yeah, I think I stumbled across it when I was younger, um, probably on TV, you know, TNT or something like that, you know, and probably uh, or AMC, you know, um, I stumbled across it then. So I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, ghost stories don't really like scare me. I just I appreciate them if they're done well. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when I saw it, though. But um, let's, uh, let's do a little rundown, shall we? Uh-huh. Excuse me. Poltergeist, released June 4th, 1982, um, a budget of $10.7 million with a box office intake of $121.7 million. I had to make sure I said that right. Numbers on my strong point. Um, directed by Toby Hooper, who you know is a, is a staple in the genre. Um, screenplay by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grace, I believe it's how, or, I would say Grace is that is how it's pronounced. Uh, Mark Victor, Probably. the story is by Steven Spielberg, produced by Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg. Oh, Music, you don't say. Yeah. Music by Jerry Goldsmith, uh, starring Joe Beth Williams, 
Craig T. Nelson, Beecher Strait, Heather O'Rourke, Dominique Dunn, Oliver Robbins, and Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, yeah, great, um, great cast. And for those of you who, mm-hmm. of course, follow us on the social on the social pages, saw the hint that I put up was the logo for the Minnesota Screaming Eagles, which was the name, or which was the football team that Hayden Fox was the coach of on Coach, which starred Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot you can really do. At least I'm sure there was if I like was digging, but I was like, you know, how many chances do I get to make a coach reference? That's yeah, true. No, I'm glad you took. I'm I'm glad you took um advantage of that. Mm-hmm. It felt necessary. It Plus, it, it goes in line when I put the night court reference up for uh, when we did Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. which was also directed by Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. to Toby Hooper. Well, we've basically done his his filmography because he hasn't, as far as I remember, he hasn't done too much outside of those three films. I'll look that up while you're doing that. Yeah, excuse me. I was just uh, heading on. Stephen and Diane Freeling live in Cuesta Verde, a California plan community. Stephen is a successful real estate developer, and Diane looks after their three children, 16-year-old Dana, 8-year-old Robbie, and 5-year-old Caroline. Late one night, Caroline inexplicably converses <laughs> with the family's television set while it displays post-broadcast static, so the white noise on the static. You've all met. You, you, you remember TVs. The next night, she again fixates on the TV, and a ghostly white hand emerges from the screen. Um, so it's it's quite like it. It's just like an idyllic community, yeah, you know, where you wouldn't think that bullshit as such would go on. Mm-hmm. And we're not really given much, except that the, the the movie just kind of starts off where like where Craig T. Nelson's passed out in front of the TV, and his daughter comes out and starts talking to the TV, but she wakes everyone else up, so everyone comes out and watches her talking to the TV. I think at that point, I'm like, oh, mm. uh, yeah, this movie wouldn't even go on any further. I would be like, hey, we're moving tonight, like right this second. We're out of here. Yeah, like, <laughs> but uh, we're getting rid of the TVs. And if this still happens, we're 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 out. We're Beach Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, George, um, you know, Toby Hooper directed an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Yes, he did. He directed the uh, the debut episode, which mm-hmm. was called No More Mr. Nice Guy, if I'm not mistaken, You're which which detailed the story of Freddie's um, incarceration and trial and how he got off on the technicality and mm-hmm. the things that happened afterwards. Narrated by Al Scooper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then once it happens the second night and, you know, the ghostly hand comes out and then you know, the white jizz shoots out of the uh, shoots out of the TV into the wall and like the whole house shakes and they're like, oh, what's going on? Like, oh, what's going on? And then Carol Ann's just like, oh, they're here. At that point, it's like, yeah, we're getting the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. I don't know right. who they are, yeah. but we're going to go. Kids go outside. We're leaving. Yeah, we're getting, the, getting the fuck out of here. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's, I, I mean, that line of itself is extremely iconic. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times has that been? Uh, I don't want to say parodied, but how many times has it been paid homage to in movies? Yeah. Like every time someone does like, they're here, like this is what they're coming back to. This is the, this is where they're drawing the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in, in just about every cartoon that we saw growing up that came out in the nineties, at, at least made some sort of reference to, to, to that line. Yeah. 
Bizarre events occur the following day. A glass of milk spontaneously breaks, silverware bends, and furniture moves on its own. These phenomena initially seemed benign, but soon grow more sinister. During a severe thunderstorm, the gnarled backyard tree seemingly comes alive. A large limb crashes through the children's bedroom window and grabs Robbie. While the family rushes outside to rescue him, Carol Ann is sucked into a portal inside the closet. As the family frantically search for her, Carol Ann's voice calls out from the TV. So, you know, just like normal day events, the kids are at the table, I don't know, making a fucking mess, first Mm -hmm. of all. Doing dumb kid shit. To just throw and sit around, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, like the the glass of milk <clears throat> breaks, but they don't think anything of it. You know, shit happens, mm-hmm. and then you know, uh, Robbie picks up his fork, and it's all like mangled and bent. He's just like, and he's a fucking idiot. The, the worst fucking part of this movie. Um, and then there's just like the little things where you know you. Maybe you don't realize it, or you kind of have to go back and look because you know. Because when Joe Beth Williams goes back to the or, or Diane, when she goes back to the kitchen, like, oh, I told you kids to push in your chairs, and she's pushing the chairs. Like you don't think that, or, or, or you're almost trying to remember, like did they push the chairs in, like to to begin with? Yeah. So you know you're thinking that, and then after she does it and cleans up the kitchen, it happens again. The, the chairs all expand away from the table, and just like any white woman she thinks this is just natural occurrence mm-hmm. because white people in uh in ghost houses just think this is the the bee's knees it's the cat's meow i live in a haunted house so much to the to the to the point that uh like she starts cheering when a chair moves across the damn room mm-hmm. like yeah like who's like seeing that and it's like ah, yes me. it's like no it's like and then but you Not can even I. see but you can even see uh uh oh my god steven he's just sitting there looking like what the fuck is going on yep. he's got that look on his face like why are you excited about this because our I, house is i know i haunted. it's like our house is haunted like why why are you cheering yeah <laughs> he has all the right in the world to be like, you know, it is fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Oh, I didn't like even like mention I said, this po- wouldn't even have lasted this long. I would have been like, uh, we're fucking leaving. Or you know what? Oh, Fuck you. Yeah. If you want to stay, you're stupid. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. I'm gonna go coach a high school football team. <laughs> I'm going to Minnesota with Dahmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gets remarried up there. Oh, <laughs> coach things. I can't do a Craig T. Nelson impression. You know, I forgot there uh, was a uh I forgot there was a remake of this. Yeah, in 2015 with Sam Rockwell, I believe. Was it good? Did you see it? I did not see it because hmm. you know my stance on remakes. Yeah. It's pretty uh, I Sam was, Raimi, though. I was fooled twice on remakes, so that's a shame on me. What was Fool me times? once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, first of all, the 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 Rob Zombie Halloween, <sighs> because when I, I didn't know the ins and outs of that. I went and saw it, and I'm like, ugh. Shame on you. And then I went and saw the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which I thought was better, but yeah, has not has not aged too well with me. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, just a, a, a caveat of that real fast. I'm gonna say this, and I and it hurts me to say this. The trailers for Rob Zombie's Halloween one weren't bad because it had me intrigued too. I was like, all right, it looks like he's just remade the movie, but it made it a little more brutal. And then I saw it. Or I didn't go to movies and see. It. I saw it when it came out. I, I might have rented it or something like that. You know. Uh, red box whatever i don't even remember what year it came out but um 
I definitely didn't see it in theater. And I was like, oh, this thing, this isn't good. No. So, no. But I actually enjoyed well, we, Nightmare on Elm Street the remake. I mean, it's nowhere, I mean, it's nowhere it too, near as good as the original, but like, fact, it's a solid talk- remake, though. Yeah. In fact, I was actually, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about it because they were asking, like, oh, what are your thoughts on the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? And I was like, you know, I was like, I, was like, I liked it for, for what it was, but the problem is, like, you don't care about the characters that aren't Freddy. Yeah, like, the, like the thing yeah, with these the movies supporting is, cast is not good. Yeah, like, the, and, and that's the thing though. Like, we, we when these movies are made in the eighties, like the victims, they're built up in such a way that you kind of want to root for them. But then, as time has gone on, and the villains have taken on a whole life and persona of their own, once they get remade, the the whole supporting cast is just it's just a bunch of nobodies it's anybody like you don't care you don't want to get behind these people you're like i just want to see how they're gonna die sure. so i mean that's i mean that's the thing like when you watch the original nightmare on elm street like you you know you're kind of rooting for nancy you're you know because she's you know she's tough and she's strong and she's you know she's gonna outwit freddie in the remake i was just like this bitch is boring can she just die first yeah uh, that's the same thing in the original Halloween. I know we're deviating for a second, but you actually kind of feel bad for the people that Michael Myers kills in that movie. You're like, I, mean, yeah. I really I feel bad for them, you know, because they're, they're just they're, yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. But like Annie and stuff like that, you're like, yeah, these are just high school kids that are trying to have, a, you know, live their life. And this fucking gimp with a fucking mask shows up. It's this fucking eunuch is like, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. You know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to he's coming for you now. Yeah, I'm not trying to like downplay the the probably the greatest horror villain of all I guess villain of all time, but um like yeah, I mean he he's a gimp. <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like boo, he's like oh boobs dead. Oh speaking of which <laughs> this uh, is gonna be great. How many kills how many kills when they were showing the pictures of the victims from 78? <laughs> did you know that they couldn't find a picture of the guy that played Bob? So all they did was just Google Bob in the 70s and they ended up getting a class photo of Bob Odenkirk from the 70s, and they're like, This looks good, and they just use that instead. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on that at the end of this podcast. Oh, small, so. we'll do, we'll do a got, quick like five minute wrap up on yeah, that since now we've both yeah. seen the movie. So, but uh, let's I've let's get back lot. to Poltergeist. Yeah, we, we'll we've deviated. That, yeah. So, come on, George, focus. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Parapsychologist Dr. Martha Lesh arrives with two team members to investigate. I believe it's Marty and Ryan. Those are their names. Ryan is the uh, is the black guy with the mustache. Marty is the reject from Revenge of the Nerds. Who mm-hmm. Looks like he never should have been part of anything. Uh, they determine that there is a poltergeist intrusion involving multiple ghosts. Meanwhile, Stephen learns from his boss, Mr. Teague, that the Quest of Verde development was built on a former cemetery and the graves were moved to a nearby location. So at this point, when they go and see Dr. Lesh, you can see the toll that this shit has taken, especially on Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he, he's disheveled. He's got uh, the bags under his eyes. He's got the like the permanent five o'clock shadow. He's just like wearing a sweater and, and, and drinking tea with two hands because he, he, you know, he, you know, like you can see the like the wear that it has on him. Like, yep. I don't know that I don't, I don't think they mentioned the time frame that went by. I assume it's probably it was probably just a couple of days, but it like it destroyed him as a man. Yeah, definitely. 
<clears throat> and then he goes and sees his uh goes up and sees his boss and he's you know and he talks and his boss is trying to get him in a new house like oh like right here big picture window right here just looking above the uh you know just just looking out on the uh on the valley you know right here's like oh your bedroom can be here now he's he, he's trying to sell him on this you know on this new land development deal and then you don't realize it but like they're standing in front of a fence when the camera pans back you can see that there is um, a cemetery there uh-huh. or graveyard i don't know what the difference is between the two i think a cemetery i believe has to be adjacent to a church for it to be called a cemetery otherwise it's just a oh graveyard. really i had no idea i i th- I, th- I think there is some distinction i may have gotten it backwards don't hold uh-huh. me to that but i think that's the um i think that's what the the, the main difference is oh, okay um but then he's, you know, but then so it's like, oh, you know, we, we, we've done it before. And he's like, well, he's like, yeah, like in Cuesta Verde, we, you know, we just relocated the, the cemetery, you know, five, five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, I, 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 it's like, oh, well, I guess that'd be fine. It's like, fine for who? It's like, I, I guess someone that would complain. And he's like, oh, but well, you're the first, you know, because it's almost like he's kind of piecing it together. Like, eh, maybe this is kind of what's going on. Yeah. But he's too disheveled to really think about any of that he's just a, a fucking mess um and also with that we get that kind of i don't want to say nonsense but we get like that stuff in the house where yeah marty is just like oh i'm gonna go get something to eat and then goes in the fridge and just pull just bare hands a steak out of the fridge and no wrapper no plate just it looked like it was sitting on the top shelf of the fridge like oh i'm gonna make this steak mm-hmm. like it's not even his damn house and he's just barehanding me and he pulled a chicken wing out of the fridge too and started eating that like mm-hmm. and then uh as the ghostly things happen the the steak starts to slide across the table and then ends up uh i guess turning itself inside out almost as it comes apart yeah i guess marty drops the chicken wing which he looks down now has maggots on it and then i, I guess that's a a supply closet or something that he goes into yeah something like that i mean because there's like a big slop sink that you would see in a basement of a house and he's just you know he sees i i guess a lesion on his face and like anybody would just start picking it and it's the the effects were good for 82 obviously now yeah. in 2021 they, they they do look a little hokey but he's just he's pulling his skin and just the large chunks of his face off and you can see, you can clearly see that it's different. And then all of a sudden, that flashes back, and he's normal again. Then he goes out into the living room. To which, at this point, the ghost has kind of taken over the camera to focus it on the stairs, as you know, these bright lights are coming down. You know, like a an, an apparition has has come down. So it's all, you know, it's it's very like it's really cool actually, for eighty two, mm-hmm. and since it was Spielberg and all the star wars memorabilia that is just floating around this movie it's clearly this it's clear this was ilm <laughs> yeah oh yeah for sure yeah they're probably it's, uh, george lucas probably like, hey i'll let you use ilm if you uh-huh. if you if you throw a bunch of my toys in your movie and he's like ah oh, okay that's fine Dana and Robbie are sent away for safety because they're fucking annoying. While Dr. Lesh calls in Tangina Barons, a spiritual medium, Tangina determines the spirits are lingering in a different sphere of consciousness and are not at rest. 
they are attracted to Caroline's life force. Tangina also detects a dark presence, a dark presence she calls the Beast, who is restraining Caroline and manipulating her life force to prevent the other spirits from crossing over. I'm just going to jump to the next one because it, it's there's okay. not a whole lot to say on that. The entrance to the other dimension is in the is in the children's bedroom closet and next is to the living room ceiling. Diane, secured by a rope, passes through the portal guided by another rope previously threaded through the portals. Diane retrieves Carol Ann as they drop through the ceiling to the living room covered in ectoplasm. As they recover from the ordeal, Tangina proclaims the house is clean. So Tangina comes in and she's just like swinging big deck energy. Like immediately she comes in and she's yeah. just like <clears throat> whips it out. I there think it she, is on the floor. Yeah. Yep. She asks Stephen, I think, a question when she was upstairs. Then she comes up like, I am addressing the living. Like, I'm asking a question. Like you need to answer. Now, I I really like the character of Tangina. It's mm-hmm. a shame that she didn't come back towards the end of the movie, and this is her like. Well, main she was in the spot, sequels. But it's a, yeah, but it's a hell of a bright spot for her to have because she was a, a f- fantastic character, Zelda Rubenstein. The only mm-hmm. other movie I know her from, aside from the Poltergeist movies, is like a bit part she had in Sixteen Candles. <laughs> I haven't seen Sixteen Candles in years. Yeah. Uh, but you know the, all that stuff that kind of falls through the ceiling. You know, I think Doctor Lush looking at it, it's like, oh, like this. You know, this metal is hundreds of years old, but this watch is like ten years old. Mm. So, man, they're like, ah, whatever. I'll just go to my office and analyze it. Like, all right, but, like that's that's it then. Like mm-hmm. that's where we're at. We'll just stop that there. You know, and they do the whole thing with the rope and. Tangina was like, I'm going to go through. And she's like, you know, she, she won't come to you. And she's like, oh, well, you've never done this before. It's like, neither of you. Okay, you go. <laughs> she was more than willing to just let uh, let Diane go through that bullshit and come out covered in ghosts on the other end. Yep. Ectoplasm is awful clumpy. Uh, in this you know movie, yeah. If you, know, if you know what I mean. It's calm. Ghost come. Mm-hmm. Shortly <clears throat> after, the Freeling family have nearly finished packing to move out of the house. Before the family is to leave for the Holiday Inn, Stephen goes to his office while while Dana is on a date, leaving Diana at home with Robbie and Carol Ann. The beast ambushes Diana and the children, aiming for a second kidnapping attempt. The unseen force drives Diane to the backyard in the pouring rain, dragging her into the flooded swimming pool excavation. Skeletal corpses and coffins float up around her in the muddy hole. Diane crawls out and rushes back into the house. She rescues the children and they escape to the outside as more coffins and decomposed bodies erupt from the ground. Uh, also before that, she gets yanked across the ceiling by the ghost as well yes. after it tries to like lift her shirt up mm-hmm. and do other disgusting things. And then, like that portal reopens up in the in the closet, which then turns into looking like some sort of weird ass birth canal. Yeah, some uh, some 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 ghost vagina. Um, and she wasn't like she, like she wasn't drawn in the back. I think like she she ended up outside, but then she was yelling for the neighbor for help, the the guy Ben for help. And then as she starts to walk back in the house, she slips because the ground 
gave way underneath and then she falls into the swimming pool, which a lot of people give this shit because they used real skeletons in the scene. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize that during those times where, you know, you had a shoestring budget to, to get your movie together, you know, studios weren't throwing you extra money so you could make prop effects. You know, they were like, now, well, you just have to find a cheaper way to do it. And the cheapest way back in those days was to just go to the medical school and be like, Hey, let me, let me get a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know why people gave it such a big Well, that's why a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people think that the movie is cursed because of that. Yeah, because the the oldest daughter was um, Dominic Dunn. She was killed by her boyfriend. Um, Heather O'Rourke died at a young age due to um, like an infection of some sort. Mm. You know, like like they're like, oh, there's there's all sorts of, uh, you know, I'll get into it at the end. You know, how people think that the movie is cursed, but. I think it was someone there. There was somebody. I think it was like the guy who works for props. There was a, a show on Shutter called Cursed Films, where basically it is, is they talk about this, and I kind of watched through it. And he's like, you know, like look, in you know, in, in House on Haunted Hill, and you know, in nineteen sixty something, they use a real skeleton there. Like mm-hmm. that movie's not cursed. You know, they, you know they, they, or they talk about all the times that that they've used real skeletons in movies. And I was like, boom, the. the those movies aren't cursed, so yeah. you really have no leg to stand on just by saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's it's a it's a nice little uh, I don't want to say conspiracy to put it behind it, but um, like old wives' tale, I guess. It gives uh, it it gives the movie like a certain kind of uh, mystique, I guess. You know, some yeah, story, that's, you know, that's a good way like an play. aura of like, ooh, like. I don't know if I should watch this movie. Am I going to get the curse too? You know, ooh, it's, it's kind of like The Exorcist. People think The Exorcist was cursed too. It's like, that's, mm. you know. yeah, that's a good maybe, way. Maybe, but that, 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 that was a good way. Yeah, like maybe, but not. But, you know, when a movie has a kind of aura about it, you know, more people are like, you know, I kind of want to go check this out. Like, uh, white people, oh, because me. that's apparently all we do. Apparently, it's you know, run into haunted houses and scream out, "Hey, ghost! It's your boy," you know, or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Black people are smart; they see that shit and they're like, "No, no, right no, no. Bye. fuck that." Yep, you guys can stay. I'm getting the fuck out of here. We could be smarter, but now we're fucking mm-hmm. white and we're stupid. But that is a great scene of the of the coffins that are just rising up out yes. of the. Uh, I love that. Oh my god! Like for eighty-two for those effects. Mm-hmm. Oh goddamn! Yeah, it's my favorite that's, scene in the movie too. That's great. That's some great shit. Stephen, accompanied by Teague, arrives home to the mayhem. As more coffins appear, Stephen realizes Teague never relocated the cemetery and merely moved the gravestones, leaving the bodies. The Freelings jump into their car and collect Dana just as she returns home. They flee Cuesta Verde as the house implodes into the portal, while stunned neighbors look on. The family checks into their motel room where Stephen promptly rips out the TV and shoves it outside. Mm. Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of favorite scenes, uh, I absolutely love when Craig T. Nelson grabs his boss and just screams at him, you didn't move the stones! I didn't move the bodies! I didn't move the stones! You didn't remove the bodies! Like, I love that. Love Which face. makes more, which makes sense when you think that earlier in the movie when uh, when Dr. Lush is looking at the items, like, oh, this coin's 100 years old. This watch is 10 years old. That's what the stuff was. It was just shit coming out of the 
out of the caskets mm. for the buried bodies. Yep. And once again, another an, another great effect of the house imploding on itself into the portal. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is that all the neighbors saw that and they're like, yep, getting the fuck Bye. out of here. <laughs> because it, it wasn't like it just happened there because you can see the coffins popping up all over town. So, yeah. you know, was the ground disturbed when they went to put in a pool? Was the Has the ground always been disturbed? Mm -hmm. Good, good question. Who knows? I mean, they probably had to do some digging to put those houses up. I mean, I'm sure those houses have basements. So they probably had to do something, or they just had crawl spaces, one of the two. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh out of 10. Where are we at out of 10? Give an eight. Mm -hmm. I concur with that. Yeah. I mean, it was uh obviously uh wonderfully acted. The score is amazing for this movie. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, it was Jerry Goldsmith, so you know. Mm -hmm. His stuff is always good, but like the score, like it, like it really is 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 extremely underrated for this movie because it really helps sell some of the drama. And then every now and then you get like that light, you know, at the end of the movie when the when like that light track kind of comes in, it's like oh, all is well again. Mm -hmm. uh, can, your favorite uh, scene you said was the yeah when all when all the the, the coffins come up to the ground. Yeah, might as well Craig T. Nelson screaming at his boss. Uh, <laughs> you only move the stones. You never move the bodies. I love it. love it. Love it. Do you have a least favorite scene? I don't think so. I mean, I hated Robbie for the most part. Yeah. I thought he was extremely annoying. And this isn't a least favorite scene, but maybe a, a bit of an unsettling scene. Mm. Is when the oldest daughter is going off to school and the construction workers oh, outside yeah. are like catcalling her. And they're like, oh, hi, hi, baby. It's like she is 16. I mean, the actress wasn't, but the character was. And then the mom just laughs it off. She's like, oh, oh, those construction workers. Yeah, I, I'll, oh. I'll agree to that because I, I forgot we were talking about that. That's yeah. that's like, like, wow, that's like clear, like, pedophilia. Like, I mean, I like, as, like I said, though, like, granted, the actress was over the age of 18 but she's playing a character that was supposed to be a high school student so and these guys were all fucking you know yeah. mid probably like 40 year old fucking Italian yes. guys like oh honey what's going on yeah hey, the machine there gabagool there pasta whatever the fuck they are <laughs> uh, nominated for three Oscars this movie was was it really if you if you believe that and it won a uh bafta did it for best for best visual effects huh. now we talked about how this movie made um bank really at the box off of the 100 and 121 million off of a 10 million dollar budget mm -hmm. despite this being you know a horror movie and um kind of niche for its genre it was still the Eighth highest grossing movie of 1982. That's wild. Yeah. For you know, a horror movie, for, for essentially a ghost story, if, yeah. if, if you will. But yeah, eight, eighth highest of 82. I mean, 82 had was a. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of good movies that came out in 82. So mm -hmm. the fact that it, you know, is basically right on par with 48 hours in Star Trek 2. 
in terms of box office gross. Love the Rathcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Spielberg wasn't too worried because his other movie that came out in '82 was number one that year. Easy, easy. I haven't seen E.T. in so long. Yeah, I, I liked it as a kid, but I it's, I probably haven't seen it in. So I'm 34. I probably haven't seen it. I would say like 28 years. Mm-hmm. Twenty. I haven't seen it. I think the last time I saw it is when I popped the the VHS player into my, uh, into my VCR. And that was long time ago. Yeah. It was, it was one of those movies that I just kind of, I don't want to say I fell out of, but it, you know, once you hit a certain age, I kind of just gave up on it. Yeah. I'll have to sit down and rewatch it someday. Mm-hmm. Get around it. Mm-hmm. So, um, hmm. I mean, that's uh that's poltergeist everybody. So uh, before we sign off for the day, um, I gave you guys my quick uh, thoughts on Halloween Kills uh, on the beginning of last episode. Um, George watched it over the course of the weekend. And George, what are your thoughts on Halloween Kills before we sign off? Uh, well, if you don't count the Rob Zombie movies, mm-hmm. This is third from the bottom. Halloween five is still at the bottom um, because I think it's just pure shit. It is. It's awful. Halloween resurrection is next because for obvious reasons. I know resurrection so bad, but it gave us such great memes. I put it above this. <laughs> and then this. Look a treat, like, motherfucker. Like there was just, there was so much going on for basically just a, I don't want to say just a slasher movie because people are like, oh, there's just a slasher movie. Like, what are you expecting? Like, well, first things first, I'm expecting some sort of respect to the source material. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, the expectations were high after Halloween 2018 because that movie, movie was really good. It was really well surprised, received. surprised a lot of us because we weren't expecting the movie to be that good. Yeah. But this one came in and it was just, it was, it was heavy handed. It did a lot of um, unnecessary flashbacks. That was, like, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't like that. Like, I mean, I, I guess this is to show, you know, this is what happened, you know, because there was no Halloween too. But it was just kind of like I didn't need to see Hawkins, um, you know, you know, he chased down Michael and then him and a partner went to Michael's house and found Michael and they went to shoot Michael, but missed and shot his partner instead. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you want to, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about the ultimate disrespect was they got someone else to dress up like Donald Pleasance to be Donald to, to be Dr. Loomis. Yeah. I mean, I thought that we all learned something from the Jeffrey Wiseman bullshit in Back to the Future 2 and just getting someone to look like somebody. I mean, I get I, I get it. You're trying to make it continuity to yeah. the first movie in 1978. So I guess you had to have a bald, um, like goateed uh, Dr. Loomis. But I don't know. To to me, there was just something unsettling about it. Like, because I'm sort of looking at it, I'm like, this guy just just he he's acting like Donald Pleasance. 
Yeah. Like he's well, not yeah, even I mean, acting he's... like Dr. Loomis. He's acting like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find my list. On I mean, I enjoyed the, um, you know, see, seeing the older, you know, seeing the old characters again of Tommy Doyle, Lonnie Elam, um, Lindsay Wallace, and Marion Chambers, who I think Marion Chambers looked better in this than she did in H2O. Like she looks fantastic for her age. Yeah. Um, so for, so here I am now, I found mine cause I didn't save it to my phone, but I put it up on my Twitter. Um, I have Halloween kills as the second worst movie of the franchise after Rob Zombie's second movie. Um, because listen, I, I mean, I think Halloween kills and Halloween five are equally as bad as each other, but I put Halloween five above it solely because he actually had Donald Pleasance in it. That was the only reason I put it above it because that's how bad I thought this movie was like, and you know, I've, I've made no bones about it to everybody. I had no expectations for this movie. I did not think the trailers look good at all. I thought they completely missed the mark of what Michael Myers is, which where I thought they did a very faithful job in Halloween 2018. I mean, I don't think Halloween 2018 is a great movie either. I think it's a very good movie though. Um, you know, it's, it's the best sequel outside of two um, with the Michael Myers story, not, not including three, because the three doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. I'm saying of the Michael Myers story, it, it is the best sequel outside of two. Mm. Um, but I think they've, they have gone, they have gone completely back to where this franchise was, um, you know, 30 years ago, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, 30, 34, when, it, when did four come out? 87, 88, somewhere around there? 88, because like, it was 10 years later. That's right. I mean, like four is not a very good film. Uh, there are parts that I do. I do like of like but the four, four or five and six like a, a Halloween. Movie. Yeah, they gave it the old college try, you know, um, what really hurts for is the mask. Yeah. And then, of course, the ending is not very good either when he's, no. you know, hanging on the top of the fucking truck and stuff like that. But like for the most I mean, of that movie, and, they were like, all right, let's give it a shot. You know, and then at yeah, the end, they they ran out of the budget at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then like Alan Howard did the score. So it still mm -hmm. felt like a Halloween movie because Alan Howard yeah. is just the is just the left hand of John Carpenter as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, you know, and it fit, you know, and like, you know, Haddonfield looked like Haddonfield, like, you know, it, you know, it, you know, it was fall It looked the color. And then it was just one movie later, all of a sudden, Michael Myers has lived in this Gothic fucking mansion on the corner of, uh, children, children, the homeless guys, uh, children, the sewers with a homeless guy for a year, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and the mask and, and that mask, oh. because they, because I, I guess they couldn't find it from part four. So they just did a mold of Greg Nicotero's head, which still didn't work. And then that fucking tear that came out of Michael's eye was like, uncle, like, yeah, listen, you got Donald Pleasance, but it, there's a lot going against him. in this. I, I think I, I think I put five above kills because I actually enjoy making fun of five. Like kills is just going to be forgettable. Like Tim, like I said, I think the franchise is right back to where it was, you know, before the Rob Zombie movies came out. Because the, the, those movies are those movies suck. Don't get me wrong. Um, and even though I did put Rob Zombie's Halloween one over this and five, because I felt like even though that movie is not very good at all, um, they like tried to do like give it justice to be in a remake of the first movie. Like they like gave it a try. Um, and then obviously two was just he like stood over a fucking film camera and took a shit on it. You know, that's how bad that movie is. 
Um, Which sounds like a lot of what he does now. Yeah, everything he's ever done. I mean, I still don't like his Halloween, his first Halloween movie, but like, it's not like offensively bad like his second movie is, you know? I mean, Um, but yeah, to me, like I I made no bones about it. I don't really like four. I can sit through four, but I don't like it. I I despise Halloween five. There are elements to six I enjoy. Um, I prefer the producers cut to Halloween six. Yeah, well, I think there's with at least with the atmosphere of the movie, they tried to make it feel like it was in the same type of feel. And the Myers house actually looked like the fucking Myers house. Yeah. Yeah, for the most so, part, yeah, it looked like a normal yeah. house. If it wasn't yeah. the same model they used, I, I can't remember. Um, and H two H two O was like a Dawson's Creek show, and then Resurrection was just bad. A romp. A, a romp is a is Buster a, is Rhyme a saves that movie for me. I guess because he kills it. Come me. on, he gave us the best fucking uh, our our one of our biggest uh, quotes. We ooh, after he gets electrocuted <laughs> in the dick. <laughs> but grab my keys and fiddle with them yeah but i, but, I have I no mean, desire to see halloween ends yeah. i mean th- this just killed to me this killed i mean uh, I'll, I'll probably see it just because i want to see sure. how it ends yeah i'll see it but i have no expectations for it after this Mm-mm. there were now there, there were things that i did like to the movie i like the um i like the the homage to the first movie where michael was on top of the car while marion chambers was in it like that was it wasn't bad like, like that was well done for what it was. Um, obviously, I like the fact that the that the silver shamrock masks showed up. Yeah, that was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah, uh, and I um, actually there was so, a good part of tension when he when Lindsay was hiding in the brush. Yeah, by the creek. That was a yes. really good moment of like suspense. I was like, oh, is he gonna find? Because you think at this point you're like, that's Michael Myers. He finds everybody, you know. Yeah. But he I also didn't, didn't find know, her, you know. I also didn't know what she was doing when she grabbed the kid's Halloween bag and then just dumped all the candy out of it. I'm like, is she gonna just try to like put that sack over his head? And then she's putting bricks in it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know right. at first like, what she was trying to do either. Like she's she's being resourceful. Yeah. And then all and then you know it did and then there were and there was also some suspense when uh after Lonnie goes into the Myers house and then Cameron and um oh my god. Uh, Lori's granddaughter go in. Oh my like God, there's some man. suspense there too because yeah. you. I mean, it's yeah. Like it's, that was not bad. That wasn't because bad you either. didn't know where that was going, and then it just went fucking down, goddamn hell. Yeah, that was that was okay. Um, but like I, there was just parts to where I was like, you know, when he, he, you know, then he got into the jeep and he killed Marion Chambers, and then like the the chick shows back up to shoot him, and he like kicks the door like he's fucking John Claw Van Damme into her hand so the gun points back at her and then shoots like i was like what the fuck is i that? laughed when that happened i was just like huh yeah i laughed like, too because i thought it was ridiculous yeah that's i was like, like that is that's what i said i was like oh and then there was like a couple other things when when him and uh i'm like what if that didn't i'm like what if that didn't work yeah like <laughs> like was it cameron was was the dude's name he killed in the myers house cameron right yeah yeah, like he was yeah, like her, uh, her boyfriend. Yeah, he like was like countering like punches to him, like he was a fucking. Fight. I was like, when did Michael Myers learn how to fight? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like well, I might have that, but I just like, don't understand. He, like, I also felt he was overly brutal for what Michael Myers is. Yeah. Like it was, like it was, and then like, and then when the mob is attacking him on the street it's and they, they beat him down, and then he just starts like, and once again. He's got an answer for everything. He's blocking this. He's blocking yeah. that. And then, so he, like he hulked up. Yeah, basically. It was like he ate the spinach and all of a sudden he got the muscles with the anchors on him. And he's yeah. like, oh, time to. 
time to take care of some business. Like it was just, as I told you and I told Chris, um, this was a Halloween movie for people who wish that their Michael Myers was more like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Because the Michael Myers I know is not. Yeah brutal like this like he's, no, he's got superhuman killer. strength he's yeah. a sign killer and also i i don't want to I, I don't want to harp too too much on this but no no I we're really wanna, I, I really want to i really want to mention the firefighter thing not because oh red lives matter or any shit like that the michael myers i know would not have slaughtered the entire fire department that felt he would have taken he would have taken out one put on their clothes and then just slinked away yeah yeah because I, that was to me, that movie started off bad with that. I was just like, this is people were like, oh, so cool. I was like, this is like the most un-Michael Myers thing out there. Yeah. This is not him at all. So, yeah, I like don't if know. You, like, like if you watch these movies in the order of part one and then 18 and then this, there is a major drop off for what this character is and what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like yeah, 18 was- felt like a pretty solid continuation, even though to me, I've always said it before, George, I've said it a million times to me, the Michael Myers story is Halloween one and two. But yeah. at, at 18 is a nice Elseworld sequel. But like mm-hmm. this is just I, w- I was shocked that this movie. and th- th- honestly, nothing happens in this movie except for the fact that um, uh, Laura's daughter dies. Yeah, because nobody else and everybody else who was brought back in this movie weren't even in the in 2018. Nope. It was like they brought him back to just to kill everybody. Lindsay was the only one yeah. that survived, which you yeah, could have but- absolutely just brought her back in the third movie if they wanted to. I, I think they should have killed her and had Tommy survive. Yeah, that's but, what I thought was going to happen. I, I was shocked. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Jarvis, Tommy, uh, Tom, Jesus, Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle. I, I was shocked. I was absolutely yeah. shocked. I mean, I thought because because when he went and he was talking to Lori, he's like, you know, you know, f- you know, 40 years ago, you know, you saved me. You know, I'm going to I'm going to save you. So I thought like he was going to go down, like actually protecting Lori. Yeah. Not you know, on the street yeah. with a bat that apparently destroyed his face. Yeah, and like I said, th- this movie was completely unnecessary. They they could have com- I guarantee you Halloween Ends is going to come out and you could probably skip this entire movie. Yeah. You you know, but anyway, I I gave it a fucking zero. I thought I there's nothing redeeming in this movie, so um but uh you know, that's I mean, that's that's today's show. And that was that was like a little impromptu discussion about that. I didn't, we didn't plan that, but I forgot you. It's watched it. That's why. So I figured that's the only time we're ever going to talk about it. So it's definitely not going to review it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get around to 18 because we both enjoy 18. But um, all right, everybody, we'll see you uh, tomorrow later this week. Yeah, later this week. So I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode um, and uh, whatever. I've been Dean Holtz. I'm still George Rogers and we will see you in the horror verse.